Come on, say praise the Lord. Come on, say Jesus is Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Justin. I told Justin, I said, Justin, I, I always sing. I do all the singing on Sunday and Wednesday. I said, you're going to make me sing and preach for my dinner? That's right. I said, get up there, boy. Sing me a song. Amen. So, hallelujah. God is good. So tonight's why healing. Amen. So before, oh, look, I'm so glad you're here. Praise the Lord. My friend's in the back. So glad you're here. So I want to set a precedence tonight. At some point in my sermon, I'm going to be flying off with some scriptures that I didn't give the sound media booth. So if you're taking notes, just write them down real quick, because if I remember what I'm saying, you know, if I know where the reference is, I'm going to say it first. You can just write it down and just move on with me, because it's not really the point. I'm just doing some supporting stuff. And so I'm not really here tonight to prove that healing is for us today, except that as I'm speaking tonight, you'll see God's plan that it is. Yeah. But we are talking about why healing. So let's start. I really only want to cover two points tonight because I don't want to make you confused. But in that, I'm going to be hitting some of that other ground. You're like, wow, I wish she should say some more. Well, you'll, we'll save that for some other hey. sermons. Thanks, Amen. God. So let me just pray. Father, thank you for this night. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. I pray that everyone in this place, according to Colossians 1, would be filled yep. tonight with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that they'd have a walk worthy of you. We all would have a walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work and strengthen us with yes. might by your spirit in our inner man as we increase tonight in the knowledge of God. So say this with me. Say, Jesus said, my words are spirit and their life. Every time I hear the word of God, every time I read the word of God, whether it's coming from my mouth, whether it's coming from somebody else's mouth, right then, right there, life is being imparted to me. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. So tonight I'm getting ready to dump some life into you. Amen. Proverbs 4.20, my son attend, I'm not even started yet. My son attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life, life. To, those who find to those who find them. And they are health. medicine or health to, to all, all their flesh. flesh. So every time someone's preaching the word of God, not just healing scriptures, but scriptures, any scriptures that Jesus said, God said, anytime the word of God's going forth, the, the Bible says that it's dumping life into you. And so tonight you need to say, I receive that life. Amen. I receive that medicine. I receive that health. It said, amen. Praise the Lord. He received it. Glory to God. And so it's health to all your flesh. Amen. Not just to your spirit, man. It's health and healing to your mind, to your body, to your emotions. Amen. Receive the word of God tonight. Amen. That was free. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, amen. So, why healing? So, number one, 
Number one, why healing? Because it's in your covenant. Amen. Wow. Number one, why healing? Why even mess with it? Because it's your inheritance. If your great uncle left you a great inheritance, why would you say, I only want this part of the inheritance, the other can just sit in the bank? You wouldn't say that. We wouldn't do that in the natural. So it's in your inheritance. It's in your covenant. Why not take everything God gave you? There's a reason God gave you those things because it's absolutely necessary for you to carry on the purpose and the will of God in this earth. Amen. So let's go to 1 John 3 8. Ah, 1 John 3 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now I'm going to stop you right here because I know Christians and baby Christians are like, oh my God, I sinned today. I'm of the devil. That is not what that's saying. As you read on down, it says he who practices sin over and over and just that's their way of life. Totally all with time practicing. The Bible says that if you're a Christian and you're in righteous, doesn't mean you don't ever sin. It just means you're, you don't use that as a habitual way of life Amen. to constantly practice Amen. sin like a sinner. Yeah. That's what that means. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. What is the purpose that Jesus came? To destroy. To destroy. I'm sorry, you might have wanted to hear something else. It wasn't to pick tulips and daisies and to carry a little lamb around his arm with a staff. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. Well, if he's a destroyer, and then he said in John 17, Father, you sent me, now I'm sending them. What are we? We're destroyers. I know you, not everyone wants to hear that, but you have an enemy. Whether you like it or not, whether you put your head under the pillow or not, you have an enemy. The same enemy that hates him hates you. It was transferred. Amen? So whether you like it or not, you're just going to have to get 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We're not afraid of the devil. We're not afraid of those things. God said the greater one lives in you. I gave you the greater one, so the greater one's in you. Amen. Amen. And Amen. you just need to look at that and say, this is what God said, and this is what I believe. You're a little of God, little children. You have overcome them. You have overcome them because he that's in you is greater than Amen. he that's in the world. So for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So then you might say, well, well, well what are his works? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about them tonight. Amen? Amen? The problem with Christianity in our culture right now and today is that there's been such a separation of the word salvation and healing and prosperity, and certain religious groups will say, well, we believe in salvation, but we don't really believe healing and prosperity is for today. That was for a long time ago. So they take it kind of like cake and ice cream. The cake is the salvation. You know, when I serve you cake and ice cream, you don't have to really take the ice cream for the cake to taste good. All right? You can have the ice cream by itself. You can have the cake by itself. And they're both good by themselves. Yeah. But, you know, that's how our mentality is. Salvation is the cake. And, you know, we don't have to really have the ice cream. But that's not what God said. Salvation is sozo. In that Greek word sozo, it means all-inclusive, healing, deliverance, spirit, soul, and body. It's all-inclusive. When you were saved and you were put into him, you were healed 
by the stripes of Jesus. If you'll start seeing the fact that sin is synonymously hooked with sickness, Romans says that death came by sin. There was no sickness in the earth before sin came. Adam and Eve were great. So it says, but death came by sin. What's death? Death is death. What's sickness? Sickness is incipient death. Sickness is just slow death. I mean, that's why people say, oh, my God, they have a cold. I feel like I'm dying. You know, it's just slow death. But your body was built to recover. Not everybody's bodies recover. But what I'm trying to say is that you need to look at salvation and healing and prosperity. It's all in the covenant. It's your inheritance. You need to look at it as key lime pie. Amen. All right. Oh, so, yeah. Now we're talking. Glory. So, so my boys, my husband, loves key lime pie. And the funny thing is we talk about key lime. They talk about key lime pie so much that on my birthday, people buy me key lime pie for my birthday. That's not my favorite. Mine. It's their favorite, and it all goes to them. <laughs> so the truth is, is that you need to look at it as key lime pie. Amen. I'm not, I, I put three ingredients in it. Limes, Cool Whip. And Eagle Brand Condensed Milk. Just three ingredients, okay? So, but I'm not really going to serve you limes by itself. Here, have a lime. I'm not really going to just serve you. Here, have a tub of Cool Whip. Or here, have a can of Eagle Condensed, you know, Brand Milk. I'm not really going to do that. They all go together. And when they come together, they're all that one big thing. And they're full of all the good things. And that's what God is trying to get you to see when he says the word salvation. It's sozo. It means healing, deliverance. It means prosperity. It means everything that Jesus died to give for you. And so if he paid such a high price for his blood and he said, you're going to need this, it's absolutely necessary for you to carry out your divine purpose in God, then if, if he was brought here to destroy the works of the devil, you're carrying on the purpose. You're going to destroy the works of the devil in your life, in your family's life, and so you can be a blessing to others. Amen? All right, so that's number one. So let's go to uh, Acts 10. And uh, I, always, I always quote 38, but let's go back to 34. Thank you, Tracy. Peter opened his mouth and he said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Let's stop right there. What he does for one, he will do for another. Come on. He shows no partiality. Amen. All right, keep going. But in every nation, in every nation, in every nation, in the United States, in Saudi Arabia, in Kuwait, He said, in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness, the work of righteousness comes by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what the work of righteousness is. It's something Jesus did in you. It's a gift. In every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Amen? You're accepted in the beloved because you believe that Jesus died for you. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. Amen. Amen. Verse 37. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began, that's where it began, but that's not where it's ending, from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who lives in you? Not Jesus. He's not in your... He's not really in your heart or your physical heart. Jesus is in heaven, sitting on the right hand of God. So he said, said, I can't go away until I send the Holy Spirit to you. The Holy Spirit, the the same Holy Spirit that's in Jesus, is in you now. 
Romans 8 says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and will quicken and make alive your mortal body. So, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power, who went about doing what? Good. He went about doing what? Good. Good and healing. Healing. So say it with me. Good Good and healing. healing. Is healing good? Yes. It goes together. It's synonymous. Whatever you see Jesus doing, you need to be doing. Because he said, now I'm sending you to go do what I did. Jesus went about doing good and healing all, all, all who were oppressed by by who? the The devil. Come on. For God was with him. Is God with you? Yes. God's with you. Amen. So he went about doing good and healing, good and healing. All who were oppressed by the devil. Sickness is oppression. Amen. If you've never been sick before, maybe you don't know that. But if you have been sick before, it's an oppression and it's a burden. Matthew 8, 17 says, Jesus himself took away our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And by his stripes, we were healed. Amen? Amen. 8.17. He's referring back to Isaiah the prophet. And Isaiah 53 says, As it was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities. Well, if I take Adam's Bible, he doesn't have it. Whoops! He doesn't have it anymore. If I take Adam's Bible, he doesn't have it anymore. You need to see sickness that way. Jesus said himself took away your infirmities. If an infirmity jumps on you, it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It's not in the covenant. It's not your inheritance. Jesus already took yours. The ones that belong to you, the ones that had the penalty on you. It says Jesus took your penalty. And by his stripes, you were healed. By What does that mean, the stripes? The bruises that he beat him with. By those bruises that he bore your sins with, he was beat because of, the bru- because of your sin. Yeah. And by those bruises that were for your sins, you were healed. Amen. It all goes together. So Jesus took his, your infirmities and he bore your sicknesses. So, Adam, come up here for a minute. Let's see, you got shorts on. He's okay, he's a guy. Get on all fours. Get on all fours. Don't worry about it. Just facing this way. So um, let's see. (laughs) Justin, come on up. So he's a beast of burden. Adam's a beast of burden. So now Justin is going to be all my supplies that I'm taking to the mountain while we go hunting. Right? I ain't carrying them on my back. I'm going to lead the donkey. But these are my supplies. So just like sit on his back. Right? Can you do it? All right, all right. Now, let's start going, Adam. Start moving. All right, there we go. All right, come on, let's go. All right, thank you. Let's give him my hands. All right, all right. I needed to give you a picture. That word bore means he bore it like a beast of burden. He took your sins, he said your sicknesses. He bore your infirmities. It says it in Isaiah... Isaiah 53, it says in Matthew 8, referring back to Isaiah, he bore your infirmities, your sicknesses, all of them. So if he bore them, why are you bearing them? It's not a condemnation thing. It's me trying to get you to think. And, and, and so we'll talk about the authority of the believer in just a minute. But it's like if Jesus took it, why are you taking it back? If I carry all your groceries in from the car, 
from your car into your house, why are you taking the groceries back off your kitchen table and putting them back in the car for you to carry them back in? No, nobody would do that in the natural. That's right. You're like, thank you. Thank you for carrying my groceries in. Jesus carried your pain. That's what that means. So whatever you're carrying tonight is not yours Amen. legally. That's right. Legally, yours is gone. And so that's where you're going to stand up and you're going to run the devil off and say, buddy, that ain't mine. You illegally trespass on this child of God. You get off me in Jesus' name. You get off me. So I wasn't, I wasn't going to say this now, but come on up. So Shante, she sent me a text a couple days ago, and um, I was going to share her testimony, but she was here tonight. So I'm going to just let her share it. Because I love it when God, it's great when he does something for me, and I just love it. But when someone says, I heard something you said, and I applied it, and it worked. Hello. So um, I shared this testimony with Pastor Lisa. So I sent her a text because I think about two Sundays ago, she, um, she was talking about um, she was, you know, in the secret place, and then there was a fly, and she cursed the fly, and it died. So um, I think, I believe it was last week, Sunday, I, um, I was doing my makeup. <laughs> and on the very tip of the waterline, um, the waterline of my eye, there was like a little bump. I don't know what it was, um, if it was a bump, never seen it before. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, why don't you just curse it? And I was like, oh, good idea. So I said... In the name of Jesus, I curse you. And that was it. And then, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, I, um, I was downstairs because I'm working from home. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me. He was like, he's, he told me, go look in the mirror. So I went in the mirror, and I looked on my eye, and it wasn't there. So, um, praise God. So I um, texted Pastor Lisa, and I told her my testimony. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can turn that off. So she said, remember the fly story? Yeah. Je- Jesus challenged me. He's like, he's like, believe what you just said. Yep. I was sitting in the chair, praying, 6.30 in the morning. That's what I do at 6.30 in the morning, Patty. Yep. So I'm praying, yep. 7. And uh, this fly starts buzzing around me. And I remember what Jesse Duplantis, the angel, said to him. He said, anything and every desire in heaven that anybody even thinks about is instantly granted. And I thought, that, that's amazing. You want a house in the country, you want one in the city, you, you want to ride on lion's back, whatever. Whatever they think of is instantly granted, every desire. Yeah. And he said, and the angel told Jesse, he said, and, and it's in your Bible. I can prove it, but I'm not doing that tonight. I can prove it. He says, and every desire that you have here on earth will be, will be granted also if someone will believe. And so all that was in my mind and in my heart, and I sat in my chair, and it's like, bzzz, and it's like, it was annoying. It was like a devil and a fly, you know? And I said, I curse you in Jesus' name. Get off me. Get away from me. You die. You fall to the ground. And I just, the Lord spoke to me, big inside, and he said, believe those words. And what he meant by that was expect to see that fly on the ground with no fly swatter. In other words, don't get up. Don't go to the fridge. Don't look for the fly swatter. He said, just keep praying. And believe for that thing to fall to the ground. I said, okay, I believe. And so three hours later, I walk past the chair again, a little bit over on the other side of the rug. Here's the fly. And my husband's sitting in the chair. And I'm like, did you just 
kill this fly, and did you go get out? He's like, no, I haven't been doing nothing. I've just been drinking my coffee. I'm like, glory to God, the fly is dead. You know, and he fell to the ground. So you have authority. God's given you authority. Amen? And so we need to learn to hate what God hates. And we need to learn to love what God loves. And so I challenge you that maybe if this is the first time you're hearing things like that, and then in this church, it probably isn't your first time. But if it is, or if you're still a little fuzzy on how to appropriate that for yourself, you go ahead and you read the Bible for yourself. Matthew, just start on Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and, and, and highlight every scripture that talks about Jesus healing people. But he went about, it says he went about all the cities and villages, teaching, preaching, and healing. That's what he did. He didn't turn anybody away. He didn't turn anybody away. Blind Bartimaeus coming down the road. Son of David, have mercy on me. Shout and yell, and everybody say, shut up, shut up. You old blind beggar, shut up. No, that's, the, that's how the story goes. They're like, shut up. Leave the master alone. They're always telling you to shut up. The devil's always telling you, shut up. Don't raise your voice. Don't speak the word of God. No, you tell him. You get louder. You get louder. Okay? And so he's like, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew that there was healing in the mercies and the compassion of God. He knew that. And it caused Jesus to stop. And he turned. He said, bring him to me. Bring him to me. Well, he's blind. So he's sitting there. So he brought him to him. He said, what do you want? What do you want? He said, I mean, he could have wanted his mother to be healed. He said, what do you want? He said, that I might receive my sight. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Not according to my great power. Does Jesus have power? Yes, he has power. But most of the time in the New Testament, Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith. Tonight, I'm going to challenge you. What can you believe God for? First, find it in the scripture. Find your scripture that you can stand on and say, God, that's my scripture. That's my scripture. I love it where he says there's no partiality. There's no partiality to every nation, to every tribe and tongue who, who says, I fear him and I work the righteousness by the righteousness of faith. He says, I will come to you. Hebrews says Jesus is the same. What? Yesterday, today, and forever. What Jesus did yesterday, he'll do today. Amen. What he does today, he'll do tomorrow. So he'll never run out. It's never, that's, that's good. That's for the good old days. No, it's always Jesus is now. Faith is now. Jesus is, kingdom is forever. Amen. Why would he stop something he's doing in this now that he did lifetime? Amen. He said he's the same. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's go over here. And I'm going to say this again. The authority of the believer, you are the one that needs to speak up. Yeah. Jesus is not going to speak up for you. Yeah. Crying and begging him to heal you doesn't work. You have to take your right, take your seat, and say, Satan, get off me in Jesus' name. Jesus died for me. He saved me. He healed me. He delivered me. Let's go to Colossians 1. I know I'm skipping around, Tracy. Colossians 1. Uh, Start verse 12. All right? So if you don't go there, I'll go there. We'll see who gets there first. Yes, you got there first. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us He's qualified us to be a partaker of what? The The inheritance. inheritance. This is your inheritance. This is your covenant. It belongs to you. You need to take it. And it's absolutely necessary that you use it because Satan will use everything he can to stop you from carrying out your purpose. You have a purpose here on the earth and it's not just to play tennis and be a star and whatever else. Okay, (laughs) healing is not just so you can feel good. But God wants you to feel good. 
Like, duh, healing's why healing, so I can feel good. Well, not so you can go out and keep doing your own well in your own way. God wants to use you for his glory. Amen. Amen. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Are you a saint in light? Yes, you are. You are now a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who has delivered us? Yeah. From? Yeah. He has. Come on, all you English people. Has is past tense. Not he's going to. One day when we all get to heaven, right? He said he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we right now, right now, present, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, so you know how people would say a while back, he's, They'd be talking, blah, blah, blah. And you go, talk to the hand. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Whatever all that was. Just talk. In other words, I guess they're saying, shut up. I don't want to hear anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that, that's sort of that way. So Satan's yelling in your ear. You ain't getting this. You ain't getting that. You ain't worthy. You did this. You did this. Talk to the blood. Amen. Amen. That's, what you give to, that's what you give Satan. What you did, your mess up, your failure, it is none of Satan's business. It's, in the, it's under the blood. It's under the blood. Now, you may have a remembrance of it. But God has no remembrance. There's no remembrance of it in heaven. Now, Satan tries to bring it back, but when he starts doing this, you're like, I ask forgiveness for that. You talk to the blood. There's no shame. There's no more shame. Amen. Amen. So the shame, number one, is one of the biggest things that, you know, hinders you from receiving the things God has for you because because it, it hinders your faith from working. So if you'll just say, Satan, talk to the blood. I'm covered by the blood. Jesus has taken my infirmities. He's taken my sins. I'm covering the blood. Amen. 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 All right. So let's go over here and say this with me. It is absolutely necessary, it is absolutely necessary. to carry out the will of God, God. and its, its purpose. The authority of the believer, the of the believer is, not is not available as an accessory. As an accessory. It is absolutely necessary. Come on, say it again. It's absolutely necessary for me to carry out the purpose of the will of God for my life. Amen? That's why healing, number one. Okay? That's number one. So now let's go to uh, Luke 10, 19. Let's go to Luke 10, 19. I want you to see it. Uh, We need to take the, the same attitude that Jesus takes towards sickness. Absolutely. Okay? If you see Jesus having an attitude towards sickness, you need to have that same attitude. I don't care what you heard, what someone told you about sickness, and he's working something out in you. You come to me afterwards, and you prove it. You you show me in the Bible where it says Jesus is working something out for his glory so you can keep this sickness. You come to me, I'll prove you wrong. Amen. I'll prove you wrong. But I don't mind. I don't mind a good argument. Amen? (laughs) Behold, this is Jesus talking. It was in red letters. (laughs) Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let me tell you something right now. If something is hurting you, it's of the devil. If it's hurting you in your mind, it's hurting you in your body, it's hurting you in your spirit, it is from Satan. And you have already been given the authority to trample on that. You use the name. Don't put up with a single hurt. 
When a pain hits my body, I'm not saying I don't take an aspirin every once in a while or ibuprofen. I'm not saying. Sometimes I don't. But, but when a pain hits my body and it hurts, I, my first reaction is, oh, I wonder what that is. I better go to Google. I better do a Google search. I just don't do it. The first thing I do is, get off me. He bore my pain. I don't know what you are. I don't know where you came from, but you can go back where you came from because if it wasn't there before, it cannot be there again. Amen. That's how I see it. So if it hurts you, Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. He's given you the authority over all the power of the enemy. If you're hurting in your mind, that's of the devil. If you're depressed, you're recessed, you're oppressed. That's not, that's not how Jesus is. The Spirit of God's not that way. God didn't make you. God said, I'm light. The Bible says God's light. John, number one, God's light. Or is it First John 1? Anyways, it's one of those Johns. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Where does God reside? God, the Holy Ghost, resides in you. So light resides in you. And you say, I am light. I am light. And in me resides no darkness at all. Amen. And, and as pastor, I love his, his Sunday morning stuff that he's been doing on your imagination, how powerful your imagination is to hook up with the word of God. If, if you need to see the light of God filling, flooding your mind, your soul, and your body, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is in me, and I am light, and in me is no darkness. So get off me, you foul devil, in Jesus' name. Not on allow darkness on me. That's right. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. So, listen, doctors do help, but most of them, most of the time, don't know where stuff came from. Right. Recently, I went to the doctor on, on something, and because I didn't want to keep taking, I had a huge pain in my shoulder, and I didn't want to keep taking all this ibuprofen, and I'm like, I, I'm just not a medicine person. So, so I went there, and I, and, uh, I cursed the pain. And actually, I had started to subside, but, you know, I'm just going to go and get an x-ray. Um, and so they, they x-rayed, and they're like, well, you got calcified tendonitis. I'm like, well, what does that mean? And so she points it out, and there's this piece of bone-looking thing, you know, calcium something deposit that's, that's stuck like a little cluster to my tendon. And, and it was very clear, and I'm like, well, where'd that come from? You know, because I like to know. I like to know stuff. So I'm like, where'd that come from? She's young. Not that being young means anything, but I mean, an older person probably could have given me a little better answer. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> and she's a doctor. You know, she's 40-something years old. And so she's, she's like, I don't know. And she she kind of had an attitude. And I was like, I didn't let it bother me. And I'm like, well, well, you've had training. Why do those things appear? She's like, I don't really know. They just kind of come. And sometimes they go. Sometimes they don't ever go. Sometimes they leave and they don't ever come back. I'm like, yeah, but what caused it to be? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> and so I, I, I said that because she, she said it could have been an injury. It could have been, she says, it, it could be the fact that you're a woman between the ages of 40 and 60. I'm like, what is that? What, what, what does that mean? She's like, I don't know. It's just something I heard. And so what I'm trying to tell you, and I do ski, I do ski, and this, this left arm is always out front, and it, takes, it does take a beating, you know, because it's the one being pulled the most by the boat. 
you know, um, and the devil's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's an old injury. You're always going to have that thing. Come back, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, heck no, yes, I'm I not. I got back out on that ski, and I'm like, and it's gone now. Amen. So praise the Lord. But the truth is, is that if it hurts you, it's not of God. Come on. Right. You're, you're, you're not supposed to be limping and lumping and hurting and oh, migraines and headaches. and That's not how God created you. You're made in the image of God. Amen. Does God have a headache? No. 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 Then his daughter and his son should not. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So that is important. Jesus came. What was the purpose? To destroy the works of the devil. Y'all could say a lot of things of why he came. He came to save the world. Yes, he did. But he came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. So let's read John 17. I love John 17. Y'all should read this a lot. This is, a, this is an awesome chapter by Jesus. So you're going to go fast for me, Miss Tracy? Okay. As you sent me into the world, as you sent me into the world, Jesus said, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, talking about his disciples, but also for all of those who will believe in me through their words. Stop. How, who is that? That's you guys. That's us. He says, I'm not praying just for you, disciples. I'm going to pray for all of those people that will believe in me through their word. Isn't it awesome that Jesus is praying for you? Come on, I don't think you think about that very much. Like, no, Jesus doesn't pray. We're the ones supposed to pray. No, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those. He's interceding for you, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Keep going that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, I'm in you, that they also now be, may be one in us, that the world may what? Believe that you sent me. He wants the world to believe that Jesus sent you. Listen, they believed, uh, most of the people, not the Pharisees, but the most of the people believed that God sent Jesus. Yeah. Amen? Because of what he was doing for them all the healings, all the miracles. Well, Jesus wants you to be doing the same thing. And if you're having a hard time with your own body, how are you going to minister to other people and get them well? And so those are the things I'm trying to get inside you that you're supposed to be acting like Jesus. You're supposed to be carrying on the purpose. He said, as, as the Father sent me, I'm sending them. That they also may be one in us, the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory, come on, say it, the glory, glory. which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that we may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So say this, God the Father loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Come on, you need to hear yourself say that. God the Father loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Amen? All right, praise the Lord. All right, so now let's go on to number two. Before we go, say this. I will take the same attitude towards sickness as Jesus took. Number one, destroy the works of the devil. In James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It really doesn't say that. It says, submit to God okay. first, yeah. then resist the devil. Yeah. 
and he'll flee from you. Amen. You can't tell the devil to go if you're playing with the devil's territory. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 can't, you can't. If you submit to God, then you can tell the devil what to do. But if you're playing on the devil's territory, he ain't going anywhere. You can't tell a pig that comes in your house, go, I only want you to stay in the living room. You cannot go into any other room. No, that pig's going to root out every room. I know a little bit about pigs. They root everything. They mess up everything because my husband went pig hunting before. They, they'll, they'll root out and mess up a whole area. You try to limit them. It doesn't matter. So you don't say, oh, I just I want to hold on to this little piece of my life. No. Once you invite the pig in to your life, he takes over the whole house. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. I got to stay out of this room. And that's how Satan is. Once you open the door to the devil in one area, he doesn't know that he's supposed to be limited to that one area. He's like, I'm rooting out this whole area. So that's all. That was free. All I'm trying to say is James 4, 6, submit to God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. Number two, and this is what we're ending with. Number two, why healing? It is to be a blessing and to serve. Ephesians 2.10. Throw that up, Tracy. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? You need to look at that. Say, I am his workmanship. I am created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. How do you walk in the good works of God if you are bedfast? Paralyzed. I know, because I was bedfast for almost three months. I can't do anything for God in a bed. I mean, I can. I can worship him when the headaches weren't there or when I wasn't fainting, blacking out. I mean, come on. If he, this scripture was one of the scriptures that helped me get out of bed. I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Why did that mean so much to me? Listen, the scripture has many layers. God will give you a scripture that maybe is not like a healing scripture in your promise box, but that was a healing scripture to me because at that point I couldn't walk. I was falling. I was fainting. I was almost passing out. I was crawling around the house because I didn't have the energy to stand. I mean, how do I walk in God's good works if I am bedfast to a bed? And so that, God challenged me. He said, say this every day. Say it every time you faint. Say, I am his workmanship. Every time you crash to the ground. Of course, I wasn't fainting, so I could still talk, but I was still crashing to the ground. For I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared, I should walk. I can walk today in the good works that God prepared for me. My husband, when he was, when he had heart, the the heart failure, he had 20% or less. Was it less? 17% of of, EEFR, ejection fraction rate. And so he had, he had less than 20% of his heart working. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't walk to the mailbox, but he said, I can walk to the mailbox. I can walk in the good works. And then he could walk to the mailbox and he thought he was dying. You know, I thought he was dying. But I'm like, no, you ain't dying yet. You're too young. That was, and then we went to Alaska. Climbed a mountain. Climbed a mountain. I was like, dear Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I will not take him home in a pine box. It, it It was not fun. But the truth is, is that 
God, that was 16 years ago. 16 years ago, the doctor gave him one year to live. And he's sitting here 16 years ago. I said, you ain't dying on me yet. No way. We got work to do. We got good works to walk in. So say this with me. I'm his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he's prepared way beforehand that I should walk in them. Amen. I know that's simple, but you need to hear that. You need to hear that. That's a healing scripture for somebody. Amen. So let's go to 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3, chapter 3. I think we start at verse 8, but I don't really know about that. Wherever I want to start. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Listen, you don't have to like everybody. Can I just say that? The love of God, once you were born again, the love of God came into your heart. The Bible says the love of God in Romans is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It's not something you're conjuring up. You're not conjuring up a feeling. He just said, once I came in, that love, that unconditional love is there. So, you say, the love of God's been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And so we can love people because of the price Jesus paid for them. Yes. Amen. You are valuable enough for Jesus to shed his blood for you. I'm going to love you with the love of the Lord. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to hang out with them all the time. Doesn't mean you have to treat them like Jesus would treat them. Yep. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Yes. Don't hold resentment. Just give it to God. Amen? Amen? Sometimes people are sick because they have resentment in their heart. If you don't walk in love, you're not ever going to be well. Because that's opening up. Satan, that's, Satan's biggest thing is to get you mad at somebody and hold resentment. And that's his foothold in your door. And every other way, you're doing well. You're not sinning. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. But if, you just, if he can just get you to hold resentment against someone, he's like, I can get in there. No, you say, no, I love them with the love of the Lord. I don't have to like them. I can treat them well, and I give them to God. Amen? Amen. All right. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not because you feel like it, but because Jesus loves you. And he died for you. And don't you want him the minute that you do something wrong? Don't you want him to forgive you like instantly and everything back, be back good again? Or do you want him to kind of pout? Like, I I forgive you, but I'm still a little mad, so I'm not going to talk to you. Like, I'm just not going to share with you this morning because I did forgive you, and it's all good. But it's not all good. See, you want Jesus to come running back and go like, okay, fellowship is back to normal. So don't treat someone else like that. Amen? Amen. Just like, okay, give it to God. All right. Someone needed that. Not returning evil for evil, nor reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. What are you called to do? You're called to be a blessing. Why? So you may inherit a blessing. That's what you're called to do. You're called to be a blessing. You're called to serve. Serve one another. The angel's telling Jesse, he says, we, we, we all serve here. The prophets were serving. People that you think, they don't serve. No, they all serve. He says, we're called to be servants. We're called to be a blessing. So say this with me. I'm called to be a blessing. So let's look at service. So Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 38. Let's talk about Peter, his mother-in-law. All right. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. 
Amen. I'm going to go there myself. Amen. You need to see this. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife, mother, was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. They didn't tell you why she had the fever, but a fever is just not a sickness. Fever is a result of something else going on in your body. A fever is a symptom. It's not a sickness. But the Bible says she was sick with a high fever. So moving back six, seven, eight years ago when I was really sick, during that time, I was reading stuff. I was trying to find out what in the world is wrong with me. What in the, what's wrong with me? And so I won't go into that part of my testimony. But I was reading this book, and it said, let fever do its work. If you have a fever, let it wash all the toxins out of your body. I didn't have a fever when I was reading the book. I didn't feel good, but I didn't have a fever. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. It's just a symptom. It's, just, it's, it's getting all the toxins out of your body. Let's do, it, let's do its work. Immediately after I read that, I got a fever. A high fever. I didn't have a fever. But I was reading this, and Satan just used it as an occasion. You think I'm crazy? I'm not crazy. So I got a fever. I was running like 102 or whatever it was, 101, 102. I felt like horrible. And I said, okay, let fever do its work, like the book said, whatever. Some organic book I was reading. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, let fever. Man, I feel like crap. I feel horrible. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I didn't tell Peter's mother-in-law to let the fever do its work. He said, you know better than that. Go back there and open up your body. He was yelling at me because he knew I knew better. I'm like, okay, I'm going back to my Bible. And he rose from the synagogue, entered Simon's house. Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. That's all we know. They made request to him concerning her, so he stood over her, and he did what? He rebuked it. He didn't say, let fever do its work and get all the toxins out of your body. No, that's not what he said. He said, I stood over her, and I told it to go. And I didn't look into Google and see what was causing the fever. (laughs) I said, okay, I get it. And it says what? And it left her. It, it, it is a it. Fever is a it. It has ears. Maybe not the ears that you and I have, but fever left Amen. her. It says, yeah. it left her. He stood over her and said, be gone. Because it says in another translate, another book, it says he laid his hands on her. But in this Luke, it says he laid his, he rebuked the fever. So he spoke to it. And immediately she arose and did what? Serve. How can you serve? How can you serve the Savior if you're laid up in a bed with a high fever? He said, you know better than that. You get that book out of the house. He said, you have a fever, you command it to go. And don't ask anybody what's causing it. You you commanded to go like that woman had a high fever. I didn't say she had cancer. I didn't say she had this. Oh, she's having a fever because of this. He said, that's not what I had recorded in the Bible. Says she had a fever. They asked me to lay hands on her, and I stood over it, and I rebuked it. So the next time you get a fever, don't go, oh, what's causing this? First, just rebuke it and tell it to leave because it doesn't have a right to stay on your body. And it left her. It heard his command, and immediately, come on, immediately she arose and served him. Immediately. I want everyone in this place to start believing God for the immediately's of God. Amen. That's what the Lord challenged me in the chair about the fly. He said, that's what you said. Believe it. I want you to see it. Imagine it. I want you to see that fly lying on the floor without you swatting it. I said, all right. I see it. So Lisa and I 
have noticed that people who study their disease in order to understand it better, they never get well. Now, now think about that for a minute. Knowing all about the disease doesn't, I mean, we, we have friends that know everything about the disease. And they're dead. <laughs> I mean, and I know funny. that there's a temptation. So Lisa was doing that. She was studying the disease. And the Lord said, close the book. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the disease. Shut up and we'll close the book. Get your Bible out. And so when she got well, when she opened her Bible and closed the book, found out. she still don't know what caused it, but she's not there anymore. So. Amen. But it's gone. Amen. Amen. And I'm not bedfast anymore. I don't have anybody hauling me up on the stage to sit on the piano anymore. Right. I mean, there were times I almost fell off the piano. But I don't do that anymore. Amen. I can sing. I can play. I can do all of it again. Amen. And the, Satan told me, you'll never, you'll never worship God again. You'll never play the guitar again. You'll never play the piano. You'll never do what God called you to do. I said, you're a liar. I will have them drag my body in this sanctuary, and I will, I will lay on the chairs before I give in to you. And a couple Sundays, my mother drugged me in. She sat me on the back row, and then I got a little stronger. Third Sunday, I could sit on the front row. Fourth Sunday... They could sit me on a stool. You know, I just got better and better. It wasn't instant. But God's word is faithful. You use your authority. You don't beg God. God did everything he's already going to do for you in the area of the covenant, right? And what Jesus already bought and paid for with his blood. Now you enforce it. You're the policeman of your life. You go, let me tell you something. God is the one that gave this to me. It's my right. I have it. Get off me, Satan, in Jesus' name. So we're talking about serving. So she got up and served him. So Mark 10, 44, 45, and then we're going to go ahead and end. 1 Peter 4, 10, or Mark 10, 44. There you go. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave or the servant of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You're never going to be above Jesus. If Jesus came to serve, you're going to serve too. And so you can't serve if you're sick. You can't serve if you're dead before your time. So you need to find those scriptures that says, like Psalm 91, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. You're going to die young. No, with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me my salvation. We had a guest speaker come here during that time I was sick, and she looked at me and she said, the Lord just spoke to me, and and this is what he said to me. He said, you're not going on to glory until you want to. Until you decide to. I said, all right then. And there's a scripture for it, and we're not going to go there. But David said, I will live and not die, and I'll declare the glory of God. So if you want to declare the glory of God and you're not satisfied with your life here yet on earth, you say, I'll live and not die. I'm going to declare the glory of God. I'm going to see the glory of God in my life. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. Amen. One last verse. I'm going to hand it over to my husband because he is just horse out of the gate, right? Horse out of the gate. First Peter 4.10. First Peter 4.10 and I'm done. There we go. As each one of you has received a gift, minister it to one another 
as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Every person in this congregation has received a gift. It says, as each one of you has received a gift, you all are to minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, verse 11. Did you have verse 11? No, I didn't give you verse 11. Oh, if anyone speaks, let them speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, Zach and Amber opened up their house, showed the marriage videos for what, four or five, six weeks, whatever it was, and they opened up their house and they taught and they let the, the uh, they were just a blessing, amen? amen? That's what they did. If anyone ministers, let them do it with ability which God supplies. Amen. That in all things, who? God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, amen. to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever, amen. amen. Hit it. I want to read a scripture. Put this, on, put this up for me in uh, Luke 6, 5. Put this up for a minute. While she's doing that, years ago, I was on a denominational radio station here in Apopka. It was the only radio station there was, so they sold me 120 seconds a day. Now, that was all I could afford. So I got what we, I did a thing called, um, like a, a, a thought for the day, like a, like a thought, and food for thought. And so I would preach a, a, a one-minute or minute-and-a-half sermonette, and I would always start off with a question, have you ever heard people say God did this to teach me something? Well, I did not know that my program was going to come on at the end of a national minister's wife was on talking about how God gave her cancer to teach her something. And so she has been on for 30 minutes explaining how God is so good, he gave her cancer to teach her and make her a better Christian. And then I come on and say, have you ever heard people say that God makes you sick to teach you something? I said, that's a lie. Bam! Oh, that, my phone melted off the hook. And eventually they kicked me off. Okay. I want to read a scripture to you. Um, no. Did I go? No. Mark 6. Mark 6, 5. Did I say Luke? Yeah, I did. I probably did. Go to, go to Mark 6, 5. What Lisa's talking about here, and this is the word you and I must adopt. God has placed the responsibility of his covenant, whether you get it or not, on you. Okay, let me, let me prove it to you. Is it his will that no one's lost? Yes. Everybody believes that. Everybody, see, everybody believes that. But there's people that are lost. Because God cannot and will not violate your will. You can choose to not know it. And you can choose to be ignorant. And you can choose to not do it. But God cannot take you to heaven against your will. Now listen to this scripture. He, Jesus, now, now here's the teaching. He, he healed to prove he was son of God. That's not true. He didn't heal anybody. Why did he heal? It says he was moved with compassion. He healed people to be merciful. Amen. He wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody about himself. So that's not true. Okay, as long as you understand that. So Jesus can do anything, right? Wrong. He could do no. He could do no what? Mighty work. 
except he laid his hands on a few sick people. The Greek says people with minor ailments and healed them. Now look at the next verse, verse 6. And he marveled because of his lack of power. It wasn't his will. They're what? What's his problem now? It's our unbelief. What is unbelief? Number one, lack of knowledge. What Lisa shared tonight is to show you what the will is. But if you don't meditate on it and learn it, you're still in unbelief. It's you. Now, I've said this many times, and I, and I say it kind of tongue-in-cheek. If you go into the children's church and start talking to them about being born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking tongues, every kid in there get filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking tongues. If you, every kid get born again. But you go to the Jehovah Witness. It'll take you a year. And you might get three of them saved because they have so much stupid doctrine to unlearn that they're hindering God. Now, that may shock you. But see, we've been taught so long that we're waiting on God, you're hindering him because of their unbelief. And then he went around villages teaching. Why? Teaching gets rid of unbelief. So what is Lisa doing tonight? Getting rid of unbelief. You get on the word of God and you'll get the unbelief out of you. And walking in health won't be all that big a deal. Now that's why she's alluding to the fact that it took me a while to get over my uh, situation and I didn't get healed instantly. Well, I had things to get over. You know, I don't, I don't condemn myself for where I am. I just thank God I'm not dead. So if you can't believe God for the whole elephant, believe God for the tail. You know, I'd wake up in the morning and go, you know what I'm believing God for? I'm going to walk to the mailbox twice. <laughs> Glory to God, I'll live and not die. I'll live another week. And that's all the faith I had. And then I had enough faith and I'm going to walk to the end of the road. And then, you know, and I just kept increasing my faith. I would, I'd get on a little, I'd get on more. And God honored where I was. Now understand something. God will honor where you are. If you're not there, start. Just start right now and go, I will live and not die. I will live and not die. That's, see, that's a great place to start. And I will get off of half my medication. I'm going to have, see, I mean, if you can't get it off, just, just, just start believing God. But according to your faith, according to your faith, according to your faith, be it unto you. So, so that, 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 that scripture messes up it destroys denominational, it's not true. Now, let me prove it. Let me say one more thing to you. If, 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 if um, Adam came to me and said, Pastor Morgan, um, I'm going to lose my, my car. Uh, and I know you can give me some money and I will not lose my car. And I say, I can, but I'm not going to. I don't love him. But if he said to me, I don't know whether you can or not, but I know that you would if you could. To know God can heal you and won't is saying he isn't love. It is the most hugest piece of stupid any person ever uttered out of their mouth about God. 
that he made you sick to teach you. You can't get more donkey than that statement because you just said he can, but he doesn't care. That's huge. Yeah, he does care. And it's not up to him, it's up to you. Now, you can change that. Just change it. Just, just start meditating on it more. Learn more about it. Learn more about faith. Learn more about your authority as a believer. And don't condemn yourself if you find out that you're not where you want to be next week. Just grow. You can grow in faith. Faith, your faith grows exceedingly. If you're in third grade faith, next year being, well, next month being fourth grade faith. The thing about faith is you can grow it real quick. Just grow it. So what you're hearing, Lisa's preaching, is that during the times that she's been fighting stuff, well, she had this open learning. And the Lord taught her because she was seeking. She, and, you know, and I'm going to tell you one more story and then she's going to take off. Well, I walked in the room one, one afternoon and I'd been away and she was laying there sick. And she grabbed me violently <laughs> by the cuff of my neck. And she, well, yeah, very violent, very violent, Father, very violent. And she said, I will not live like this. And I looked at her and I said, that's the first good thing you've said. And I said, you will start recovering now. Because she had said, I've had enough. And when she had enough, the devil was done. <laughs> She's like, I ain't living like this right here. So that was, that was her faith talking. The kingdom of God suffers violence. Sometimes you got to get violent and go, I ain't putting up with this. Anyway. So I'm going to challenge every one of you to start in Matthew. Just go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four books. Okay? And I want you to take a highlighter, and I want you to highlight every time the word healing is in there or according to your faith. Where Jesus went... Every scripture, I've got every scripture in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and other ones too, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John highlight every scripture that, that talks about any miracle Jesus did and what he said. So I'm going to give you this. Whoa, what you doing there? I'm blocking you. He healed 18 people individually, 18. You wouldn't believe that, but it's only 18. Some books are three times, same story three times. 11 out of the 18, he said it was their faith, not him. That's huge. But see, we need to start reading this. Pick it up and read it and go, how did he do that? Anyway. So Matthew chapter 8, I'm going to leave you with a couple things. Matthew chapter 8 says this. They got the spa music going, so that means it's time to shut up. <laughs> but I'm going to keep preaching. Matthew chapter 8, verse 3. Verse 1. It's my church, right? When he come down from the mountain, great multitudes follow him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing... If you're willing, you can make me clean. He says, I know you can, but are you willing? Yes. And Jesus yeah. said, verse 3, yeah. Jesus put out his hand and touched him say, I am, am willing. willing. Be clean. Yeah. Amen. I want you well. I want you well. He said, I'm willing. Well. Be clean. Amen. And so if you'll just go throughout the word of God and everywhere it says Jesus healed, 
you will be amazed to find out that most of the places, it says, according to your faith. Let's pray for them right now. Let's, you take Amen. off and you take off and pray, and then Amen. I'll take off and pray after. Let's just pray over you. Let's Praise pray over our, our, where we are physically. Let's just pray right now. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over this congregation, over everybody within the, 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 the hearing of this message either in this physical location or if they're watching online or the ones that will be watching. I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone. I pray that you would make these words of life alive to every heart, that they would receive this word of God as the very oracles of God. The Bible says that if they'll receive a teacher and the words that they preach from the word as the very oracles of God, it will be like God speaking to them himself. And so, Heavenly Father, if there's any sicknesses in this room, you know what? If you are a born-again believer and you have any pain in your body anywhere or you're sick in any way, shape, or form, I want you to put your hand on that place or just on your body. On that place or just on your body. The Bible says in Mark 16 that believers, you are a believer. You're a be they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I have laid hands on myself many times. And so God will honor your believer's hand. And so we lay hands on ourselves right now in Jesus' name, and we command all sickness, all disease, and all work of the devil to be gone out of our bodies in the name of Jesus. Nothing shall by any means hurt me any longer. That's what Jesus said in Luke 10. I have, come on, say, I have authority to trample on serpents, and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt me. You go from me. I resist you. Get off me. The Bible says if I resist you, you'll flee from me. So I submit to you, God, and I resist the devil, and he flees from me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, you said Mark eleven twenty three. you said if we say to the mountain, a mountain is something that looks impossible to move. But if you said, if we say to it, if we say to it, if we say to cancer, if we say to arthritis, if we say to sinusitis, if we say to bursitis, if we say to heart problems, if we say to, to fungus, if we say to headaches, if we say, and we speak to you now in Jesus' name and say, go from this building, go from these people, go from their bodies. Go now in Jesus' name. Sickness, go from this room in Jesus' name. Go from their flesh in Jesus' name. We take authority over high blood pressure. We take authority over it in Jesus' name. And we command it to go and to never return into the sea. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's gone. We command it. You leave now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, now just lift your hands and say thank you for the word. Thank you, Heavenly Jesus, Father. Jesus, we thank you for thank your you, word. Thank you, Father God, for we the thank word. You thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. So anyway, I got to tell you all a story. Now, Lisa, tell me the name of the road. What's the name of the road up here, the flat road? The others. The others. The others. When I was in Africa, uh, Pastor Opicho, and, and Barbara remembers Pastor Opicho, he came to pick me up and take me to church. Now, you know, uh, they make you wear suits and I had a navy blue suit and a car that was getting full of dust and the road is so bad that I would go into a pothole and the, and the houses would disappear and I would come out of the pothole and I felt like I was in the moon 
And we would go up and then we'd go down another pothole. So on the way to church, I said, I call this road flat in Jesus' name. And Pastor Opicio would look at me and go, Pastor Morgan, you don't understand this is not America. They don't grade the roads here. He said, this is not America. You cannot speak to the road and tell it to go flat because they don't grade the roads in Africa, man. I said, well, I wasn't quoting an American book. I'm quoting the Bible. Amen, amen. And so anyway, we get to the church and I'm preaching to the church all day. We're coming home and down we go and up we go. Down we go and up we go. You can't get out of first gear on the whole road. I said, I call the road flat in Jesus' name. And he said, oh, Pastor Morgan, that won't work. And away we'd go, away we'd go. Oh, I mean, he would tell me all about how the Bible don't work in Africa because he's not American. Yep. We did this every day for a week, morning, afternoon. Every. I call it flat. I call it flat. I call it flat. So he comes to America and he goes, what scripture was that you said? He said, because we don't know what happened, but we went out there one day and they rode it fly. We never saw no one excavate it. We never saw no bulldozer come out. We don't know who did it, but somebody flattened the road. <laughs> so, Amen. so to make a long story long. Yeah. Longer. <laughs> the others. Lisa and I are going down to the others. The other day. Potholes. Everyone, pot, just full of potholes. Me too. I've been talking we to found her. out Justin did the same thing. Yeah. So me and Lisa got on that. And so we're riding down the road. And we looked at each other and we said to each other, we call the road flat. We call it paved. Amen. And so every morning we'd call that road paved. And then we'd ride over that night. In 30 days, they paved it. They paved the others. Amen. Amen. Well, Justin, I came and told, he's taking credit for it, that it was really my faith. No, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. So I got I was talking to Justin. He said, I did the same thing. Listen to me. I, I, now, y'all would say, well, they do that normally. Why is it the only road in the pocket got paved that month? What's the others? Somebody's calling it paved. Mark eleven twenty three. They just go by and fill the pothole, but then we, we say we we just look, we call this road paved, and we laugh and come down the road because we you know and I and we were talking about the the story in Africa, and I said I call this road paved. Lisa goes, we call you paved. Mark eleven. Now listen, this is a way of life. Amen. Amen. We call our business prosperous. I call my mind clear. Amen. I call Amen. my body whole. Amen. Amen. Now, I gotta, can, yeah, can we tell another story? I, I, I'm just full of them. Yes, you are. When Justin, remember you were working at Friday's. How much were you making at Friday's? When you first there, like $7 an hour, 5 $6. So one day I said, Justin, I said, he said, Dad, I need to make more money. I said, how much you make? He said, $7 an hour. And I said, how much you make? He said, $7 an hour. I said, how much do you make? He goes, $7 an hour. I said, how much do you make? He goes, oh, 10. I said, I can get in agreement with that. Well, how long was it from the time you started saying, I make 10 an hour, that Josh called you and you went to work at Pentera? Maybe a year. Yeah, a little less than a year. Well, he got the job. So one day I said, how much do you make? He said, 10. I said, how much do you make? He said, 10. How much do you make? He goes, oh, I make 13. I said, right. Amen. Mark eleven twenty three. Amen. Amen. Listen, well, if I ask you how much money you make, don't tell me how much you're making. Tell me how much you want to make. See, you call things that are not as though they are. How much do you make? 
I make 100000 a year. I make $150,000 a year. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham's blessings are mine. I walk Amen. and I'm not faint. I run and I'm not weary. I'm, he restores my youth like an eagle's. Amen. And I'm Amen. blessed coming Amen. in. And Abraham's Amen. blessings are mine. Amen. I'm strong in the Lord. Yeah. And the power of his mind. Come on. That's good. Amen. Amen. That's good. Praise God. That's right. Now, see, now I'm getting in my sermon Sunday. My sermon Sunday is called, What Are You Talking About? We talked about what are you thinking about? We talked about your imagination. Sunday we're going to talk about what in the world are you talking about all the time? Amen. Because if you want something to change, you might want to change what you're talking about. Amen. Amen. We call this road Flatman. Amen. You Checkbook, we call you full. You can have what you say. Amen. Amen. Anyway, it's 824. We kept you 10 minutes too long. Glory to God. Amen. Father. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for Lisa preaching such a good sermon. And we ask you to bless everybody here tonight in Jesus' name. And say, I am blessed. Say, I am healed. I am healed. I'll see you Sunday morning. Amen. Glory to God. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.